Welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. I'm going to do something this morning. Here's the subject title for uh, my message today. I'm not sure how long this will roll for, but I am confident of this. The Lord asked me to speak into this area. I'm calling it the end game. Um, If I was here 25 years ago, this would be the title to my message the end times and what it means for you. Um, But seriously, I feel like uh, with so much going on in our world, I had a number of people contact me this week concerned about different things being posted on social media and how it might be connected to this or to that. And I just said to them, listen, there's so much craziness going on in our world today. The last thing you need is a preacher online preaching to you or a pastor online pastoring you. Can I remind us all as the church? that when we read our Bibles with our religious glasses removed, with our rejection removed, with our broke, just read the Bible for what it is, especially the New Testament. It is clear that the church is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ as the cornerstone. Is that right? It actually says the the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. What that means is uh, the building discipline of the day back then was a cornerstone, was the perfectly cut shaped stone put in at the foundation as the very first block. That was the first block. It was called the cornerstone. Everything that was built in that building from then on was measured back to that point so that it would be level. It would be secure and sound. You right? Jesus was the cornerstone. He's the one we measure everything back to. Here's a good hint for you. Anything you see posted, everything you read online, just measure it back to the cornerstone. And if it doesn't line up with the cornerstone, you've got you to gotta know it's not going to line up with your future. But it's interesting, the Bible says that the church is built on the foundation of the apostle and the prophet with Jesus being the chief cornerstone. So out of that flows this understanding also in the rest of the New Testament that God has set certain people in the church that can pastor us through difficult times, that can pastor us through good times. In fact, I would say that it's more treacherous for you to walk your walk with God when you're blessed Then when you're going through a difficult time, it seems like in difficult times, in times of pressure, we all know where to run, right? Hello, somebody. Uh, So I want to just speak into this moment the words that I think Christ has asked me to speak today. Because one day while Jesus was up on the Mount of the Olives, and I've been there with my wife in 2007, it's an incredible place. It seems to have atmosphere all the time. You just walk up onto that mountain and you kind of, because you know Jesus was there, because you know the disciples, it's just something weird, weird and wonderful, atmospheric about it. But nonetheless, on this day, His disciples sat Him down and said to Jesus, what sign will signal your return and the end of the world. Can I just put it back into the atmosphere? There is an end of the world that has been set by God. Can I just put it into the atmosphere that this world will end and restart again? That thinking should not be removed from our faith. It is an understanding. In fact, since the first church until now, every generation of believer that has lived has believed that they would see the return of Christ in their time. It seems to be a grace of God that has come through the ages that has kept the church waiting, expectant, alert, prepared, ready. 
and it will be no different for us. Although today <laughs> it, is, it is clear that the return of Christ is closer than ever before. Whatever close means, whether it's a few years or a few decades, it's close. And so with that thought in mind, I wanna take you to Matthew 24 and read what Jesus said. Jesus answered and said, and why don't we just pray there, Father, let everyone breathe this morning. Whilst this preacher may get fired up or he may be dull and boring, whatever goes on in the next few moments, God, let every single person breathe in these words of life that come from you. God, would you use the next few moments to put seed on the inside of us that comes from heaven and brings forth a harvest in Jesus' name. Jesus answered, at that time, deception will run rampant. So beware that you are not fooled. For many will appear on the scene claiming my authority or saying about themselves, I am God's anointed. And they will lead many astray. Can I make comment there? Many will come and say of themselves, I am God's anointed. I think the church has become obsessed with the anointing and finding the person that's anointed. Let me blow the cover for you. We're all anointed. Jesus, God does not place priority on are you anointed because He paid the price so that we could all be anointed. Let me remind you that He said, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And there's a lot of flesh before me this morning and there's not a drop of flesh that hasn't been anointed by God. Scripture puts the emphasis on the person that is appointed, not anointed. Let me remind you, King David was anointed at 16 years old, but he didn't get his appointing until he was 30. There is a difference between the anointing and the appointing. You can be anointed in preparation, but you are appointed when you are prepared by God and ordained by God for that thing. You will hear of wars nearby and revolutions on every side with more rumours of wars to come. Don't panic. Turn your neighbour and say, don't panic. Come on, let's go a little bit old school this morning. Say, don't panic. Don't panic or give in to your fears for the breaking apart of the world's systems is destined to happen. But it won't yet be the end. It will still be unfolding. Nations will go to war against each other and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be terrible earthquakes, seismic events of, of epic proportion, horrible epidemics and famines in place after place. This is how the first contractions and birth pains of the new age will begin. You know, if you've done the journey with us over the last six weeks, this is such a powerful word to us as a church that we started to talk to the, about the reality that God has shown us we're in transition. We are like in the, the woman in labour with the baby entering into the birth canal. We are in this place of transition and it's the beginning of contractions that we are experiencing. And I wanna tell you, just like any mum getting ready for giving birth, I was stunned at my first live birth experience when the midwife called me down the business end just after she said, I can see the head. I'm, I'm sitting on the throne and go, wow, the head. And I went down there to have a look. 
Any first time dads remember that first? I can remember turning my back to my wife and kind of making signs to the midwife going, is that okay? Like, is the head supposed to do that? And then she grabs the head and pulls it out and turns it on the side. And then there's this blue in the face child look. Like I know, like it is in the net. I just scared off some first time mums. But you know, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And through this time of transition, while the church is giving birth, there's going to be some scary, painful moments. And here Jesus said, whatever you do, don't be fooled. Whatever you do, don't be fooled. You can expect to be persecuted, even killed, for you will be hated by all the nations because of your love for me. Then many will stop following me and fall away and they will betray one another and hate one another. And many lying prophets will arise, deceiving multitudes and leading them away from the path of truth. There will be such an increase of sin and lawlessness that those whose hearts once burned with passion for God and others will grow cold. But keep your hope to the end and you will experience life and deliverance. Yet through it all, this joyful assurance of the realm of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed all over the world, providing every nation with a demonstration of the reality of God. There we go, right there. Providing every nation with a demonstration of the reality of God. And after this, the end of this age will arrive. Now, I'm sure you were listening, but let me just recap quickly. It says here that deception will rule the world system in the times of the end. Many will claim to carry God's authority. Wars, revolutions and rumours will be commonplace. The world system will break apart like never before. We are seeing the systems of the world breaking apart. Seismic events, epidemics and famines cover the earth. Christians will be persecuted, killed, betrayed because they love Jesus. Many will fall away. I find it interesting that while many are talking about revival right now, Scripture says that in these seasons, because this is a seasons, this is a season of the end time. This is a season of preparation for the end. And in these seasons, there's more of a falling away than there is a gathering together. Before the great gathering together, there will be a falling away. Those that just cannot walk the walk and talk the talk like they need to will find a reason to point a finger, to persecute, to betray to justify what's going on. Lying prophets will lead many astray and sin and lawlessness will increase. Those whose hearts once burned with passion for God and people will grow cold. Friends, can I encourage you? Can I invite you to to, to just do a check on the passion limiter that you have in your world. Your passion, are you burning with passion for God? And if you're burning with passion for God, the next checkpoint is, is that translating into a passion for people? Don't shout me down because I just started preaching. Are we burning with a passion for God? 
I, I hear and see people that say they've got a passion for God, but then they're just persecuting people. Uh, I got a passion for a passion for God and they're taking shots at pastors. They've got a passion for God and they're taking a shot at the church. You know what? You can do anything in my world. You can slap me, you can accuse me, you can ridicule me, you can do what you want. But listen, when you take a shot at my wife, oh, you could be in trouble. The unborn again, Claude, might rise again. Do you know what I'm talking about? Listen, I, I don't think Jesus is very different when people take shots at His wife, the church. And goodness gracious me, the church has problems and I'm just talking about my church. But it doesn't take a scientist to work that stuff out, does it? Because we're all, all human people frail. Then it says, through it all, the good news of the kingdom will be demonstrated throughout the world. You know what? While many prophets want to... Um, Prophets of the people, I'll call them, want to create fear about the last days. The end game should not create fear in us. In fact, when you do a study of end times, we have a positive approach towards end times because a lot of what Jesus spoke about there, I'm not sure if you realise this, but 75% or more. Now, let, me take this, let me take the percentage out. Let me just remove that from your thought. Most of what Jesus prophesied about the end times was fulfilled within the first 75 to 100 years of the New Testament church. The wars, the earthquakes and all those things, most of that was fulfilled back then. And what we have seen take place since is step by step, we're getting to the fulfilment of the last things that He spoke about. So instead of putting fear in us, Jesus here says, keep hope and joyful assurance right through to the end. Because as we finish off our time on this planet as sons and daughters of Christ, we're gonna bring in a harvest for God and we're gonna be victorious. It's a victorious end game for you and me. Hello, somebody. It's a victorious time, but you gotta know what God has put on the inside of you. You gotta be ready and expectant. Here's the last verse I wanna read to you because it comes from verse 24. I think it goes up there. So always be ready, alert and prepared because at an hour when you're not expecting Him, the Son of Man will come. This is so powerful. Always be ready, alert and prepared because at an hour you're not expecting Him, the Son of Man will come. You know what? Here's one maturity point for you. Just, just grab this. This is kind of be red meat. It's fairly thick. It's, it's cooked medium rare. So you've got to chew it a bit. Okay, but here it is. You ready? Are you ready for it? Stop complaining about having an enemy. Stop getting down on yourself about having an enemy. Don't consider it a curse that you've got an enemy. I, 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 I kind of love high speed motorsports and watching it on TV, documentaries and movies. And I, I watched one recently on Nicky Lauda and it's a phenomenal movie telling his life story. And right at the crucial part towards the end of the story as he's having that conversation with his key rival throughout the years who, who was a bad boy and lost his life early. He, he, he comes to this moment and he, he says to him, you know what? He says, stop thinking of it as a curse being given an enemy in life. A wise man, 
uh, sorry, yeah, stop thinking of it as being a curse, given an enemy in life. It can be a blessing too. A wise man gets more from his enemy than a fool gets from his friends. A wise man gets more from his enemies than a fool gets from his friends. And he went on to talk about the fact that whilst they started off as enemies, along the journey, he discovered that what he thought was the enemy actually was the thing that was motivating him to become the very best he could be. And I wanna tell you in this walk that we walk, don't be concerned about the persecution. Don't be concerned about the war ahead. Don't be concerned about the prevailing thing coming against the church because that is the thing that will cause us to rise up in God and conquer all. That is the thing that will cause us to come back to our true north and carry the faith, carry the courage, carry the authenticity that we need in this time and this hour to be victorious. Coming into land, I promise. It says here, first of all, that we should be ready. You know, and the world tells us to be ready. You've got to create the right kind of nest egg and make sure you've got enough superannuation prepared and a retirement fund to go on. But you know what? No, est- no nest egg, no superannuation can purchase eternal life for you and me. Let's just put it back into perspective. And as, as, as we heard at communion, it's not just about eternal life. It's about the purpose of God given to each and every one of us while we're living out our life. So we've got to be ready. And here clearly it says, you know that you're in a state of readiness when you're carrying a passion for God and a passion for people. But then it also says that we've got to be alert. Somebody say, be alert. Like the old school Scripture says, be sober. I love how Scripture says, you know, it it takes this terminology out out of the natural. Be sober, don't be drunk. Be alert. Be, be, in, be spiritually present, be ready, be alert. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Train yourself to be godly. It's interesting that God won't hold you responsible for your children's salvation. Oh, there's another chunk of meat. Uh, God will not hold you. In fact, that was the mince, the chunk's coming. He won't hold you responsible for your children's salvation, but He will hold you responsible for the influence that you expose them to. Train up your child in the way they should go. So be alert. What are they watching on the screen? Is that babysitter a babysitter? Babysitter? Or is it an infiltrator into their little hearts? Hello, somebody. You say, I don't like all this social media stuff. Listen, friend, if you, if you say that and you have a teenager in the house, you are the one that's deceived. If you have a teenager in the house, I would say to you, you better be on social media and you better be friends with your children because it's the only way to stay alert. That was really good preaching, hey? That was so, that was so good. That was amazing. Oh, I'm too old for that stuff. You're not too old. You've got someone you're responsible for that you need to watch over and care for and have insight into their world. So you better be alert because this being spiritually present is not just about the heavenly stuff and the spiritual stuff. It's also about the things that God has given us responsibility for. And there's one thing that I have a responsibility for as a priest before God in my home is I've got to have insight and understanding into the world of my children. 
if you want to gauge how much an adult, you know, in, in areas of persecution, we, we need to understand that as far as the Bible is concerned, persecution, the purpose of persecution is promotion. As far as the Bible is concerned, the purpose of persecution is promotion. Embrace it. Don't get bent out of shape over it. Don't get distracted by criticism. Somebody asked me recently, how do you deal with criticism? I said, it's the same way I do with compliments. Water off a duck's back. They went, oh, what do you mean? I says, I can't afford to pay attention to compliments. I get puffed up. If I pay attention to criticism, I get tripped up. One will puff you up, the other one will trip you up. Let it all be water off the duck's back. Give all glory to God. Anything good coming out of me came from Jesus. The stuff that's not good, you know what it is. It's Claude, not the Lord. I think it's the same in your mirror. The purpose of persecution is promotion. God knows how to promote. Be right with God. Be ready. Be right with God every day. Jesus, help me finish this in 11 minutes. 1 John 1, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in his hearts. Be ready every day. If prayer is your spirit man breathing, don't wait till you're blue in the face before you pray. You don't have to pray for an hour but you shouldn't go an hour without being prayerfully minded. I'd encourage you to have the capacity to pray for an hour, but I think it's so much more powerful to be prayerfully minded every hour and pray. Be mindful and be spiritual. Hear the voice of God, hear the voice of God daily. Hear the voice of God daily. I, I challenge you to hear God's voice every day. <gasps> but God's been silent. That's because your Bible's been closed. You can't say God is silent if your Bible is closed. He talks to you from there. The Holy Spirit can only bring into remembrance the digested Word. He speaks when we listen. Hear God's voice every day. And then finally he says, basically stay joyful. I've tried to be serious this morning and just a little bit of joy, happiness or jovial comments. But right now, God is setting things up for you, for breakthrough. 
And I believe the greatest breakthroughs that are taking place right now is where each one of us are experiencing brand new intimacy with God, hearing His voice and being led by Him on a daily basis. Are you with me? Our breakthrough is in the era of our walks with Him so that we can come together on the same page and be an army that joins together, that links together and moves forward. Listen, the enemy has been defeated. It's up to us to put him underfoot in every area of life. The Bible says that we are called to occupy until He comes. And I want to occupy my place and my space in God. I want to occupy on behalf of my children and my children's children. I want to occupy on behalf of my nation and the nations of the world. I want to occupy on behalf of those that we said we would partner with on other countries to bring the Gospel to their generation. I want to occupy until He comes. I'm going to stand and having done all to stand, keep on standing. I'm going to stand and having done all, I'm going to keep on standing. And the persecution will come and the betrayal will come and I'm not going to put my eyes upon humanity. I'm going to keep my eyes upon divinity. And as a result of that, I'll do the best I can to give glory to Him. I've got to keep joyful. Just got to keep it flowing. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And so I'm going to do what I need to do in the natural, but I've got to, I am so thankful that our world is on its knees right now. To be honest, have you noticed that our world is on its knees? And while it's on its knees, it can find Christ. Be enthusiastic, be positive at the same time. Be enthusiastic and be positive at the same time. Don't let your enthusiasm focus on the negative because that will lead you astray. Let me pray with you, Father, today. I want to thank you, God, that you said we should be ready, alert, prepared. Ready for the unexpected. Prepared for the unexpected. Alert, watchful. Father, thank you that at this time you have put a sword in our mouth that is able to cut through the confusion, cut through the deception and bring us into a place where we're present spiritually in Jesus' Name. God, that we're not just carrying emotional intelligence, but we carry spiritual intelligence also in Jesus' Name. God, would You pour out afresh Your Spirit upon every single person. Thank You, God, that You give us a brand new start in Jesus' Name. Amen. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.